0: you just got to do one episode with this guy and he'll take it to the moon. He'll take it to the moon.
1: <laughs> Welcome to a very special episode of Writers you Don't Write. Why is it very special? Uh, you can't think of why it might be special.
2: Uh, I know Mike Brown has promised to make us famous, so is it special because this is the last episode that we do as, uh, peons in culture?
1: As serfs? Uh, no. Um, that not, is not the reason. We're not peasants? I mean, I, we probably are and will continue to be peasants, but, uh, it's been a year since we started this scene.
2: Oh. This is not the first anniversary I've forgotten, by the way.
1: <laughs> that sucks. Nor will it be oh. the last. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember the exact dates, but I think uh, a year ago and a few days was the when we released the... I think we released a teaser on your birthday last year, on February 16th. Oh,
2: you remembered.
1: Yeah. Well, I just looked it up on iTunes, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm pretty positive we released the teaser on your birthday, and then the first episode came out on, uh, like, the 24th. And this episode is going to get released on the 22nd. So it's as close to an anniversary as we're going to get. So you've lied to me again is essentially what you're saying. Happy birthday. But
2: tonight on the show, anyways, we have Mike Brown. Who's that? He's a stand-up comic and writer based in Harlem. He was named one of Rooftop Comedy's Comics to Watch, Caroline's Best of New Talent, and a semi-finalist in New York's Funniest Competition,
1: presented by Caroline's and JetBlue. Yeah, he has a podcast called Comedy Outliers, which is dope. It has like a really uh, awesome um live uh, aspect to it and he also has this awesome web series called can't stop won't stop which is very funny uh and he talks to us about all kinds of cool stuff uh which i won't spoil but this is one that you kind of you know really should listen to if you've listened to any of our shows this is going to be one of the funnier ones um and one of the more serious ones uh Anything else, Kyle? Is it serious? I don't remember it being serious. But I do remember him saying
2: specifically, out of all of the things he said to us, is that after this episode, we will be famous. He called it the Mike Brown effect.
1: So, and, you know, little does Mike Brown know... I've been on the phone with Spotify and iTunes all day trying to, you know, tell them to make us famous. So it's probably going to happen.
2: I think it's like the secret. I think once we know, we just we should just know that once this episode goes live with Mike Brown in it, we are famous and therefore we become famous. So Spotify will call you.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that happened too. That's how, how the secret their, works, right? It was their customer service line because my card got declined, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is not true. Don't sure, worry, mom. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> So uh, this episode is brought to you by My Litbox. It is a book subscription service uh, where you sign up, they send you a book. Uh, If you get the premium service, you get like a bunch of knickknacks involved, which are super fun uh, and enhance the reading experience. And all the books are written by authors of color. Uh, It gets delivered to your mailbox once a month, uh, pretty cheap, and is even cheaper because you get 10% off if you're a listener of the show. Just type in code WWDW upon checkout at mylitbox.com and get reading. Hey, and if you really like this episode with Mike Brown, uh, you can get him on tour all through April at Decepticomics. It's like Decepticon, but with comics, super clever. Uh, They're doing 20 shows in 30 days and you can get more info at Decepticomics.com slash tour, or you can hit up Mike on any social media at Yo Mike Brown and ask him uh, where the show is in your area. Let's get to the show.
2: How long have you been doing stand up for?
0: Uh, I've been doing stand up, I want to say, for uh, for seven years. And I think for the last, probably the last three, not even probably the last like two, three years, I started really, really going at it. Because um, when I first started, it was like it was just some, something I did like, like a hobby you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i would do it you know i used to work at this full-time job uh as like a like a, a good job there's like a senior online producer I used to make some some decent money um not a lot because i didn't know how to manage my fucking money but um start on here right yeah oh yeah yeah. oh yeah please. Okay. Oh, cool, cool. yeah please cool more cool more the merrier okay great so this motherfucker, I was out <laughs> here at my house <laughs> trying to get my shit together. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, motherfucker, I need to get on stage, bitch. I'm just sorry. I'm just going cursing. Yeah, night. no, it's fine. <laughs> 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 so, motherfucker, fuck, fuck, bitch. Shit, bitch. Yeah, man, you job ass. Okay. I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so so I, I would. Uh, you had yeah, this job. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So I had this job and I would only do it like after work. It was kind of like one of those weekend warriors kind of. Where it's like, you know, you can do some mics during the week, but on the weekend, you'd be like, okay, yeah, let me do a show. You do one show here, one show there. And that was cool, but I didn't know if I could ever, like, be something. I didn't know where to go with comedy. There's a lot of people who I know um, who are, who are, like, my, my comedy friends who, like, they went to Harvard, and so they like wrote for the lampoon or whatever it is. And so they have like a, a track of what you need to do or just like big time comedy fans were like, okay, I need to go do some mics and then go to these, do these certain shows and then, you know, go with this agency or put a packet together. Like I didn't know any of those things. I was like, dude, I'm just trying to be funny. I, like, it'll work itself out. Right? No, it doesn't really work itself out. If you're just being funny, you got to figure <laughs> what the fuck you got to do. So um, the last three years I just really got focused. I, I just started making projects for myself. Um, it's like with, uh, like I have a web series, really funny web series, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, where I love watching TV and I always wanted to write for TV. And I was like, why am I not getting an opportunity to write for TV? I was like, probably because people don't think I can write for TV and they're not just going to be like, hey, Mike, you want to do that? So I said, let me just write a web series. And let me write it in this in the style of a show where everyone has lines. Let me really pick people who can act this thing out and, you know, when it came out great. And after doing that, you start getting packets, and people start seeing, like, oh, this person can do it. You know, same thing with stand-up. They want to see you perform, but if you have the uh, – if your jokes get better and better over time, they say, oh, this person's working it. They're probably writing these jokes out, you know, so.
2: Yeah, so you talk about
0: – If uh, I ramble, just just bring me – just reel me in. Just reel no, me good, in man. Uh, these are interesting topics. Different. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I was going to say, so you – what I was – looking to get back to is the part where you talk about how you're on stage and it's a little bit like finding your parachute after you've already jumped out of the plane. Yeah. Um, the one thing that's interesting about that to me in terms of like a writing process is that it's live. So over the course of seven years and now that you're no longer a weekend warrior, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, Do you have a better sense of where those parachutes are? Like, is there a structure that you follow? Is there any sort of tips that you're looking to the audience to give you in terms of what they might or might not laugh at?
0: I mean, it's y- yes and no. It's, it, it's a weird ebb and flow of uh, knowing what's going to happen and improv- improvising. It's like the difference. But like, you can read all the books about basketball. You can read. But playing basketball is a totally different thing. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you have like muscle memory. You have like actual, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. You have, to, you have to really deal with the game
0: exactly like you know you can you can and then it's like you don't you can read all the books about basketball you want and then you can go play basketball by yourself and practice your free throw shots and all those things like okay i can shoot i can shoot i can shoot but once that game starts everything is different because you're you're out there with other people and you don't know how they're vibing yeah you know what i mean um you have all the Sometimes,
1: drunk dads in the in the gymnasium yeah. like yelling at you, like <laughs> pissed that their kid isn't getting any playing time.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you might be the you might be the the star of the team where you know everyone's expecting you to do great, and you have that pressure on you. You can be somebody who's like you know you you can be that Jeremy Lin. You know what I mean? You get off the bench that one time, and you're like, all right, they never put me in the game. I gotta work. You know what I mean? I, I gotta I gotta make I gotta cause some insanity then I got to leave New York. Fuck it. You know what so, I mean? Like,
1: so, but specifically for you, it's like, you know, like speaking of muscle memory and like doing yeah. all your research and you were talking about how you like got, you know, really got your act together. Um, yeah. Like I have friends who, who are comedians who like wake up at 5 a.m. every day, like go for a run, sit at a coffee shop and write jokes for like four hours. Um, oh, oh, you want to get
0: into that? No, I don't do that. I don't do that. I'll tell you that. I don't do that. So I, what,
1: what, like what's your process like?
0: Well, a uh, uh, process process is like – it. it it really, it really varies what I, what I like to do still. And um, I don't, it's weird because like, I've talked to so many comics about just like the process themselves. It's like, yo, how do you write your jokes? Um, is, I like to go on stage and, and put some like, and riff on something, you know what I mean? Like, um, on, at, at the good for you show, um, I I think it was like the second time I started talking about, um, Mike Pence being booed at Hamilton. And that had just came out of a conversation I had with a friend. Like I was just, you know, we're just cracking jokes. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot, and a lot of my buddies, like we just crack jokes on each other and crack jokes about things. And I said this thing, and it was just like crazy funny We're laughing. And I was like, oh man, I should say that. I should say this on stage. I'll see how that comes out. And, so I just wrote it, I wrote that down in my book, and I was like, all right, I'll just say this on stage. But when I got on stage, I said that, and I said like some some more things. And you know, I was talking about um, you know, Trump being inspiring and making me want to you know smoke smoke crack ones. You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> it, it just it just it's just silly and stupid, but it's like I for me, I can't sit down and write that. And yeah. I, think w- w- I think what I think what what what's really interesting, I think in how comedy is now, it's like uh, Jerry Seinfeld, he's a dude who would sit down, write the write the joke out on on paper and, and have it really nice and then go up go on stage and workshop it. I think Lucy K does the same thing, you know, you go on stage and workshop it. But uh, like one of my favorite comedians was Patrice O'Neal, right? And he didn't have he didn't have a notebook. He would go up go on stage and bring his philosophies and make them funny. And he also was more loose like a jazz musician to where it's like, okay, this person has something that, to, to disagree with what I'm saying, and I'm still trying to prove my point, but now the next show, I'm bringing up what that person just said and, and bringing, that, um, bringing that humor from that time into the joke to stay here forever and then go into my next thing. It, it, it's a very... Uh, like, I like to perform a lot more uh, to help my writing process like I'll perform it first then listen to it sit down at a coffee shop and then listen to my performance transcribe it and then say okay what was funny what worked this wasn't funny why did you say it because there must have been something funny in there to make you even say that shit and then I'll start going from there well so and, and
1: speaking of like you you hit on this a little bit but you have like a YouTube series you have a podcast like what have you found from kind of diversifying your comedy into oh, all of these other mediums.
0: I mean, i've I've found I've found a few things, man. one One of the things that I've realized is that uh, it's like in comedy, you want you want people to know who you are. You know what I mean? You want that identification. But in order to have that identification, it's like the real world. You need to get identification. You know what I mean? If if you if you need ID, you got to have ID already. You know, you you can't go into to like the DMV and be like, hey, I need a new ID. They're like, OK, well, show me show me proof that you are who you are. And you're like, I don't have any. Well, you got to get some. And it's the same thing with comedy. Like you need to like kind of prove to people that you're funny, even though you probably already are funny. Um, so with with stage, I would do a lot of stage work and sometimes I'd, I'd be on stage. And I'm like, man, I'm funnier than most of these people I'm on the show with. You know what I mean? And I'm like, and I'm trying to say that like objectively, not like blowing smoke up my own ass, but like, when I'm on stage, like I'm, I'm crushing, it's a different vibe. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's, I'm, I'm hitting for some things might be like, oh, that's really brilliant. And, but for the most part, I want to be like, oh my God, that's just so fucking funny. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of what you think of the thing that I said, like, when I said like the Trump, the Trump and smoking crack, it's like, I don't want you to be like, oh, that's you know, drugs are bad. I just want you to laugh and deal with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's that's my goal. And um I think by diversifying it, it shows that I'm not that I'm not just a stand up comic. And there's nothing wrong with being just a stand up comic. But I think in today's climate, ev- everyone is doing everything. Um you know, I, you know, my, my cousin, my cousin does, uh, does the read podcast and, you know, it's a wildly popular podcast. Who,
1: who's your cousin?
0: Uh, Kid Fury. Oh, no shit. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's so huge. he huge. Yeah. It's a big thing, but it's like, but you know, that's, that's, you know, that that's family, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, he has this, he has this huge platform, huge podcast. And, um, you know, I, I did a guest, guest, uh, not even guest host, I was just like a guest on, on one of the shows and, you know, uh, I was saying before we started recording how I opened up for him uh, earlier this year. And it's like a lot of people are like, oh man, I, di- I didn't know. Like, And and he's still going through the same thing that I kind of was going through on the other side, where it's like he has this popular podcast and he's like, man, I, he really, he's like genuinely loves and wants to do stand up. It has some really funny bits and, you know, he's going to be a, st- a great stand up comedian. But because he's popular in podcasting first, Comics might be like, oh, why are you trying to do stand-up and come into our realm? You know yeah. what I mean? And for me, it's like, as a stand-up, it's like, okay, I'm I'm doing stand-up, and yeah, I would love to get a writing job on a TV show, or I would love to uh, shoot something for TV and I get picked up and me to get notoriety. But it's like, yeah, I want to do all these things so I can continue to be in the comedy space, so I can do a show, a weekly show at, you know, some comedy club or some bar or something, and people show up because they're like, "Oh, we love this comedian, and we trust what this person does. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I keep bringing up good for you because um, it's, a, it's a great it's a great uh, monthly show out in Brooklyn. Um, another one one that I host is Comedy Outliers. It's uh, once a month in the city. It's really great, too. But um, where,
1: where, where and when? And then where can uh, people find it?
0: Oh, you can find it at comedyoutliers.com, um, and it's usually the third. We used to do like third Saturdays of the month, but it, it varies, but it's a really dope show. And we, we always focus on, um, we focus on diversity in a sense of not just like ethnicity or anything like that. We're talking about levels of fame. We're talking about, um, types of comedy. Cause you'll come, you'll see like urban, an urban dude, you'll see blue humor. You'll see a political person. Like it's, we like really curate all the lineups. You usually don't see the same person. Uh, the same performer within a year like it's it's nuts it's like a lot of hard work we've been doing it for like uh four or five years and we've done it a lot of different places uh it's it's a really dope show but anyway it's like you have to diversify your your comedic voice so people know that you can do all of these things because now there's all these opportunities like when stand-up was like popping in the 80s it was just like all you did was the stage carson and maybe a movie
1: yeah, well, it's funny. It's I uh, one of my favorite podcasts is the uh, "The Guys We Fucked" podcast. Oh and, yeah, and shout and out to I'm, them. Yeah, no, they're uh, Christina and Corinne, um, and they're they're fucking amazing. And but they they are you know like. In my opinion, like really great models for this kind of hybrid promotion that you're talking about, you know, yeah. you have like a really popular show that you can translate into like a national tour, which you can translate into like other opportunities on like websites and publicity and marketing, and you know, you can eventually like make a living doing this. And and so I I, I actually had my notes to ask you about, um, like how difficult is it for you to to kind of make a living in this kind of world?
0: Oh man. This is oh man! Did you listen to the most recent uh, uh, last week's episode of that podcast?
1: No, it, no. I, I uh, What, what about the last episode?
0: Oh well, I'm the guest. Uh, so Are I'm you? Checking, yeah, my second oh. time doing it. So wow. I, yeah. Okay,
1: I'll, I'll listen to that today. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: such a mess. <laughs> so I have a very interesting perspective uh, on, on all of that because, um, you know, I've known both of them before i've been great friends with, with 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 uh with them before they've started the podcast or whatever right and i remember them talking about starting the podcast I'm like hey i do it and it, it's one of those things they you know they used to do some shows at uh, uh jimmy's 43 down uh in lower, lower east side and it was like a small show and i would do the show a bunch and it's like just trying to find that voice and them having the voice and, and being funny and, you know, the whole thing, I guess with like women women in comedy and sometimes it, it might be harder for them for whatever reason or there's like different stigmas attached. And then you have this podcast where it's like things like the, their life just like changes. Like I remember when uh, years ago I would talk to them and be like, hey, are you guys auditioning for Montreal? They're like, no, or, you know, we tried to, we didn't hear anything. And then like fast forward to like last year it's like their show, like they were asked to go up there to do a show, for for Montreal just for laughs. It's it's insane. Um, so I, I think, mean, they,
1: they've they've truly like hit like a different level. I think.
0: Um, yeah. Oh no no that it's like it's like legit legit. Uh, I guess like legit uh, success and fame from from podcasting in a different way. Like it it it's and also it's like so so having Kid Fury, and Sting how his life has changed pre all of that. And then like knowing, knowing those girls from and seeing how their lives have changed. It's like, okay, this can happen. You know, you can do a podcast that resonates with people and it changes. But then the thing is also like, let's say, let's say I'm doing a podcast and it gets really popular and people love me from that podcast. It's like now, you're Still doing the podcast, but you also want to do stand up. What if these people just don't want to see you do stand up at all? They're like, We don't care for that, we don't want to see you act, we just want to see you do this thing that we love you for. You know what I mean? It's like, Yeah, I do. It's like, but Eddie I... Murphy doing a reggae album, you know what I mean? It's like, people are like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy that you're here. But well, at the same time, like, <laughs> there, are pe- there are people that want to see Eddie
1: Murphy do a reggae album, like, there are people that would go to that show, so yeah, I- but.
0: But he wants to but it's like but he wants to do the reggae. You know what I mean? He really wants to do the reggae and he wants to be as successful in the reggae as he is with comedy. You know what I mean? He wants to be the Bob Marley of SNL, you know what I mean? He wants to be that guy. He wants to be the biggest reggae star ever to come out of comedy, you know? But yeah. some people might not be into that shit. They, they they just they just might not it it's uh I think for I think the original question is just like you know what what do I see from 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 doing podcasting or like because I don't know if I if I like be it often to that weird oh no tangent. it was mostly
2: how do you how do you deal with trying to make money in the world that you're in that was yeah. where we started like oh,
1: how, oh, how do you what, how do you pay rent yeah. like doing comedy oh man man,
0: man I just I just you know I just sell sex on the side for a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After the shows, I'm like, hey, you know, speaking of that crack, if you need some after the show, holla at me. <laughs> whatever works, whatever the fuck works. Um, you know, uh, th- this year I've been, I've been a little blessed with, uh, with working with some, uh, some great production companies and great people who, you know, recognize a real nigga out here <laughs> who can do it to make the show better. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I've, I've been doing some shoots and getting some. Some, some bucks on that. Um, you know, I, I I heard this thing, if you can if you can get four hundred dollars every every uh was every week? So yeah, we four hundred a week, then you'll be alright. So I, I have that kinda in my mind It's like that's what you need to do four hundred a week. Um and the weird thing about, you know, acting, which is which is bringing in more money than stand up these days, but like with acting it's like I can I can scrape scrape them some things together, and it might not be like 400 a week, but it might be. Uh, but for the month, I might be alright. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you do that, and you're like, okay, cool. These bills are paid. Maybe this bill doesn't get paid this month. Fuck it. But like, things are coming in. But it also allows you to do stand up. Um, and me, I believe you got to take that. You got to take that risk. You know what I mean? Um, like when I was when I was working on Sunny before, when I was doing that weekend warrior shit. I always had that cushion of like, all right, yeah, I can go out and do this mic, or yeah, I could go out and do this show. But you know what? This show isn't paid, or it's too cold out. I don't need to do this mic, and whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting paid because I'm working my nine to five. I'm working. I'm cool. I'm cool. And you have that mentality, and you start to get comfortable, you know, and and you don't, you know, you don't say, you know what? Every time I get on stage, I'm working out these new ideas. Every time I get on stage, I'm being funnier. Um, also, I I would have like a corporate voice, you know. they would be like the corporate Mike Brown, the code-switching Mike Brown. So you know, I'm I'm in meetings. I'm like, oh yeah, I think that's great. I think I think the analytics are, are are doing what it's supposed to be doing, and blah 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 blah. But when I'm on stage, I'm not talking like that. I'm a different person. So part of it, part of comedy is finding your own voice, and it's like I'm spending half of my or most of my week speaking a different voice and I'm spending like ten percent being in like my real true like regular stand up voice. It's like, nah, we we just gotta throw everything into that. And if the cost is having this luxurious job, then cool. But I know from this year it's like, hey, things are things are looking like they're about to turn around. So, you know, it's all paying off.
1: Yeah, but when have.
0: Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to I, make some
1: and and, and just just as a quick shout out, the uh, the title of your episode on, on the Guys We Fucked podcast is Mike Part Two. Society's fucked and that's why you can't date Corinne.
0: Yeah. So I mean like <laughs> you gotta listen like, to part one was a classic. Yeah. that the second time. Yeah. I uh, so that last one was a three year anniversary episode. Um, and I did one before, and it was like a very popular episode. I mean, they're both classics. Like when I do podcasts, it's it's a problem. I, I bring classics every time. I, I, <laughs> so what so you are saying
2: is this one is going to be a classic for us. Oh, this yeah. Is the... oh yeah,
0: yeah, this is a classic. This is a classic. I mean, I might be all over the place because it's early, and I'm now I'm just getting into my groove. You hear I'm speaking now. My coffee's kicking in. Um, but this is a classic. This is one of those ones. This is like this is gonna be this is the yeah. like creme de la creme. Yeah, this is this is it. This is the one. This is the one that you play on the intro when you're like, "Hey, listen to writers who don't write." Yeah, yeah, man, this one's gonna be a classic.
1: You know what I mean? This is it. Can Can you do that again? So that and we'll just like separate that and we're gonna throw it. Well, I just call it
2: right now. Someday, both Jeff and I are gonna be famous, and Mike Brown will be the reason. This episode is gonna be the one that catapults us to podcast stardom.
0: Yeah, and then when they're like, I'm gonna be doing a podcast and be like, Yeah, so h- how hard is it to become famous off a podcast? I'm like, All right, well, well I know three different groups of people who become famous.
2: <laughs> it's like no, there's this one guy, you just call him and you're fine. Yeah,
0: you're- yeah. <laughs> I would I would love it if there was like some LA managers <laughs> who manages podcast for some reason he's like if you want to go to the next level you gotta get mike brown out of new york you just gotta do one episode with this guy and he'll take it to the moon
2: moon."
1: (laughs) sorry to interrupt this week's episode uh we wanted to let you know about my lit box which is a monthly book subscription box that celebrates diversity in literature by delivering a book written by an author of color to your house once a month Uh, if you pay for the premium model you get one or two quality book related items that show up along with the book Uh, it's a really cool experience these are books that you're going to be reading anyway so you might as well just get them delivered once a month without you even paying attention and the best news if you're a fan of this podcast you can get 10 percent off your first box by using the code wwdw upon checkout find out more at MyLitBox.com. now let's get back to the show you you try hard to like address issues that aren't necessarily comfortable for you. Um, And with all of the stuff that I've seen you do is you, you have these like racial undertones where like, you might be talking about black lives matter or something and like kind of a satirical voice, but you do it in such a way that like, everybody walks away knowing that like, you really like want them to get the message that you're trying to impart. Um, Mm So, so a, how do you do that? And B like, um, like why and 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 do you think it's like really important and um because I mean that's what I love most about your shows uh okay. is that yeah is that you're able to talk about that and like everybody like walks away like smiling but also like thinking about what you're trying to get across.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I I think a lot of a lot of like the so we want to go to like how how do I how do I do at the process of it really. Well, um, I, I'm I'm just I'm I'm more curious
1: like specifically about like the jokes you do about like black power and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things where it's like, these are things that I think are important and they, they matter to me. Um, you know, my life as a black person, black lives matter. I, I just want to make sure that I get these things across on the time. I just wanted to answer the question with Black Lives Matter in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like that was just for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 do it. Because I, I mean,
1: yeah, Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's. Oh. I, I I just think it's so unique how you do it, and I haven't really seen that before. Um, and well, I, lo- I I fucking love
0: it. Yeah. Well, this, this is my thing, right? Um, and it's it, it's it's probably to my own detriment, but it's like the comics like the comics that i loved were really like talking about shit that mattered you know what i mean like like people people like remember that like the chris rock like there's two types of black people you know there's black people and there's niggas like people remember that joke because it's like it's so it's so funny and it's so raw like you remember the 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 dave Chappelle sprinkle some crack on him you know type of joke like like there, there's certain jokes like that, are that are like either racially motivated or, um, I think Mulaney has that joke about like, about like, uh, rape where he's like in the train and he's trying to like, there's this woman in the train, long tunnel, and he's like trying to catch the train and she starts running and he's like, oh my God, the train's coming. So he starts running, then she starts running fast or whatever. And then he's like, oh, you know, like that's, that's an amazing joke, but it also has this layer of Oh, wow. So that's how she looks at it. And that's also how he looks at it. You know what I mean? And the situation is funny. punch punchlines in it. But that but that joke sticks to you. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I want to do I want to do that. Like I want to do jokes that are like that are funny. But it's also like, oh, man, I, I left and I feel like I got something from that. And I think that might be because um, I used to do theater and I used to try to write theater and like if you if you're doing like a theater show it's like why Hamilton's so popping right now it's like it's like okay to you know Lin-Manuel he loves hip-hop and he loves American history you know and that's and that's what you get from that so for me it's like all right I love I love you know being black I I I love who I am um there's some things I don't like about myself but I want to talk about them because like I'm being more okay with that and I need the audience to be okay with that too. And I know that I might do a show where it's like all black people, and it's like, okay, I want to do these same jokes, and so they might love these jokes for different reasons, but if I do it for a mixed audience, I want them to be in on a joke too, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like I'm, I'm doing these jokes for myself, but I want the humor to, uh, to, to it, it doesn't necessarily have to have a message, but I hope that it does. Because for me, I think the hardest thing is like writing jokes about things that don't matter to me, at all. You know, um, like I and I always bring this up because um because I, I had like a total 180. I remember when I first heard Hannibal's uh, joke about pickle juice and him sprinkling on the sandwiches or whatever, and I was like, what the? F-? And look it up on YouTube. You search Hannibal burst pickles, you'll find it. Um, I was one. always like. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? People love this? Shit? Like, I was like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And it wasn't until I met him and, um, you know, we, we spoke and I, and I saw him do something. And I'm like, oh, this is just funny. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's okay for things to just be funny.
2: It's, it's interesting because you talked at the beginning of this about uh, t- how you meter your voice for different audiences sometimes. So how do you, yeah. how does that affect the way you would tell a joke to different audiences when you're trying to make a point that you want, uh, everybody to be a part of, uh, does that look different for different audiences based on where you're performing?
0: Um, I, I, I think so. I think the joke, the language stays the same, maybe the delivery changes and the tone changes, but, um, and that's what I kind of love about uh, stand-up comedy and me personally. Um, because it's like, for the most part, I think I talk to everybody the same way, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't. For the most part, but there's there's no way in the world that you talk to everybody the same way. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna talk to your lover the same way you talk to your boss, the same way you talk to your family, the same way you talk to a stranger, the same way you talk to your barista or whatever. You know what I mean? It's always gonna change. So, if like I'm doing this, I'm doing a show at, uh, in Rhode Island, right? And I haven't been to Rhode Island. I'm I'm guessing. A lot of black people haven't been to Rhode Island. I don't know. Just in like, I don't, yeah, just in general, you know, like like uh Family Guy is is Long Island, right? Uh, uh Rhode Island.
2: Rhode Island, yeah, yeah. I
0: don't know right? the, the, in Cleveland the
2: new Gimlet Left. show.
1: The new Gimlet show crime Town, is all about Providence's crime. So anyway, side note
0: <laughs> So we might be coming back, y'all. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just like, but I'm I'm going there and it's like, all right. I'm still doing the jokes that I have. The opening might be different, but it's just like, like because if I just start out and I'm just doing my bits and they don't know me and I'm and I'm on edge and everybody on edge and I'm doing these bits, it's just gonna be a long fucking night. If I'm headlining, it's a long night. But if I go up there and be like, hey, uh, you know, and just start talking about like how it feels to be, be in Long Island and doing it from a place of just like genuine love and humor, They'll get my voice so quickly before I start telling these jokes, and then when I get into the jokes, then it's like, oh, we're we're good, because I'll just talk with them and we'll have fun and we'll laugh. There might not not necessarily be jokes because we're just talking and be like, oh, this guy's funny, and then I'm going into jokes and it's like, oh, okay, cool, and then I got them.
2: So it's just like a, a way of introducing yourself in different places.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's 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 a weird thing too because it's like like if I'm doing a like I do have like working on like just different like showcase sets you know what I mean where it's like okay I can do this the same way every time I just submitted uh I submitted a half hour to Comedy Central um last week and when I taped that it was like okay I'm doing all these but I have to I'm doing these and I know how this is gonna go and I invited all my friends to the taping and then we do the taping and it's like half half of the half of the audience is, is my homies half for uh Griffin Newman, check out The Tick uh, on Amazon next year. He's filming that. He's starring in it. It's going to be dope. Um, half were like his friends, and then we had like Hasidic Jewish women in the audience. It was a weird show, but everybody laughed at everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that, that's the point. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what it is right there. You know, um, age, there's no ageism in it. You know, I don't have, like, I might have jokes about, like, social media and all that. I might have jokes about, like, Topanga or whatever the fuck. But it's like, but I make sure to not alienate anybody because I want all the laughs. If if people if people hear me on stage and they don't laugh, I'd rather have them not laugh because they didn't like the joke or they didn't think it was funny.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not because they didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't how want do people you... to be like
2: yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, it's, especially with some of the, the more politicized topics that you talk about, how do you deal with the fact that if you're t- talking to such a diverse audience, it's inevitable that somebody's going to be offended, right? So how do you approach that subject? Um,
0: you just appro- you approach it like someone's going to be offended, but you, you either got to make that joke funny or make, like, okay, I, did you ever see me do my joke about uh, Mike Brown, Ferguson? You ever no. see me do that joke? I don't. Okay. Think
1: I. But can you do I it like now? how
0: you say no. You're like no. 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 No.
1: No. 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 I. I. I just. I was thinking because I've seen you three times and I don't think I, okay, I'm familiar okay. with that one.
0: Um. So. Uh. I'm not gonna do the. Okay. Let me. Let me see. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard doing jokes about the police because they keep. You know. They keep. They keep killing us. You know what I mean. Um. They killed <laughs> Walter Scott. They killed so many. So many people. They killed this one dude. Um. Ferguson. Um. Or you know, stealing cigarettes or whatever. Shot him with his hands up, and that was something that really got me involved in like, you know, the Black Lives Mo- Movement because it was like I related to that situation so much because you know, um, you know, like he's a black, obviously he's a black man. Um, you know, we share the same name. His name is Mike Brown. My name is Mike Brown, and it just like really, really affected me. Like you know, I like I marched, I, uh, I, I, I wrote like letters to my congressman. I donated money. I did everything I could do to you know. Like, to, to get the word out because I was so pissed off at America and I was so enraged at, like, the political system and, and, and the police system and the police state that we're living in. I was just so pissed off when I found out everything that happened to that, to that man at the end of the day, you know? I was so, so upset, like, when I found out what happened at the end of the day. Um, but at the beginning of the day, though, all I saw was Mike Brown trending on Twitter and I thought I made it, you know what I mean? Like, I thought that... <laughs> I hit this level of stardom that I didn't know. You know, all I saw was like justice for Mike Brown, and I'm like, oh yeah, damn right, justice for Mike Brown. It's about time <laughs> the comedy community paid attention to what I do on these stages. You know, I'm trending in New York. I'm trending in L.A. You know, I'm trending in Ferguson. I'm like, I've never been to Ferguson, but they know I'm hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, and this is this is the thing is that like, that's a that's an amazing joke, but it's also like you think about that and you kind of feel guilty for laughing.
0: Yeah. Because- oh yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I know people feel guilty for for, for laughing at it, um, and at the and at the end, I usually say I usually say I usually say yeah, you know, uh, oh, uh, then my friends call me and they're like, hey, I see your tweets. Do you know what's going on right now? I'm like, yeah. Do you know what's going on? I'm about to be verified. It's on. And <laughs> I say, I realized what happened. I'm just like, you know what? It was just a really sad day for everybody in truth. It was just a very sad day for everyone. Very disappointing day. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and, people, and people like, but it's just like, and that's the thing. It's just like that, that feel like, oh my God. Like, oh, that's so like, so dark. But it's like, so, but what happened is one, one, I needed to have a joke about it. Cause like was like, you know, this, this, like, this kid is named Mike Brown. I have, I can't be Mike Brown, a comedian, and not have a joke about it. Right. Yeah. And. I'm not gonna joke about the death of the kid, right? I'm joking about how I I mistook uh, uh, what was happening in social media and this like self-absorption of me and comedy, like that's yeah. what's funny, my ignorance, right? But it's layered in the beginning with with what's really happening. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like that that setup has so many facts. It's like you know, oh he. You know, I'm on stage, I'm doing like air quotes like oh he stole some cigarettes, he was shot with his hands up. I'm saying all these things. Ferguson was I'm saying all of these things. And it's meant to be like I know when I'm on stage saying that, that's gonna be somber. You know, I know people are gonna be quiet and be like, Wow, this is this is this is heavy, you know? And yeah, it's supposed to be heavy. Motherfucker, it happened, it's real, right? Yeah. And now then, and then I, then I switch things around. It's like, okay, we all can, we all can like, laugh at that. I will tell you this. I did, the, I did at this one show that we did uh, for my Comics tour, we were in DC. We had two shows that night. First show I did it, uh, a fucking all black crowd murder. The second show I did, um, it, it didn't really work at all. And I just cracked up laughing on stage because I saw people who were there who wanted to laugh, who were like holding it back. And I'm like, hey, you guys aren't taking my joy out of this joke. And if you don't want to laugh at it because I, I like I'm not making fun of what happened to him, if anything, I brought it up and then I'm talking about my ignorance and then I'm ending it with it was a disappointing day for everybody. you know what I mean? like it's still humor and and just like I want I want there to be a laugh, and I also want there to be like, oh Jesus Christ, like that's fucking like I want you to feel because there's so many jokes where you don't really fucking laugh anymore. like you you don't have that 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 feel of like oh my god that was fucking that that was that was some deep or that was funny like you don't get that anywhere else like that's what i want to bring to the table every time i'm on stage
1: i mean you're you're like i i I don't want to you know we we get accused of pandering all the time on this podcast Uh, yeah do we we get accused of pandering i don't see these emails if you if you look at our iTunes reviews, uh, the last like three of them are like one star reviews, like pandering to social justice warriors, and and I mean fuck all those people. Like if you're if you're like, for real, like stop <laughs> listening to the show if you think that that's what we're doing. Um, <laughs> this might not be the show for you. Yeah, but also I the reason I bring this up is because I wanted to say that you, Mike, are a national treasure um, oh, because those those jokes are like there's not a lot of people that can pull those off. Um,
2: that's some some great a pandering i'm just gonna
1: apply my own one
2: star (laughs) review right now
1: well so so anyway the the reason i mention all of this is that like you are like very clearly on a trajectory where you're like you know hitting like peak mike brown like you're you're very uh well i mean i hope not peak but you are are garnering like a lot of success uh so i guess so i guess my ish i i guess but but, I mean, that's the question. Like, what would what would you be really happy with? Like, what does success look like to you?
0: Oh, man, success, okay. Well, I, I will say success looks like this. Success looks like me making a lot of money for being myself. Hmm. For being myself unapologetically. I think, like, when people listen might listen to your podcast and say, okay, this is like a PC warrior podcast, I think people are mi- mistaking PC and... Trying to be uh, and trying to 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 be uh, considerate in yeah. two totally different directions. Yes. And I think, it, you it, know,
1: and, I, I, and I I do want to like backtrack on my previous statement. Like, yeah, yeah. if you guys think that we're pandering, like, you can still listen. Like, we want as many <laughs> listeners as we get. But are you pandering to the listeners? <laughs> yeah, no,
2: I, I'll, I'll hold my ground on that one. I don't, I think that's the that is my favorite. It's that's the point. The only point that really matters to me is that if you think it's pandering to be conscientious and to think before you speak, then we're going to have a problem. We have an ideological yeah. problem right from the get. If you think it's we it's well want, within your rights as an American to say whatever you want.
1: We just want people to smile. And if, if like asking them to tell their stories that other people won't ask them to talk about like makes them smile, then good on us.
2: Well, if, I, if yeah. you're also unwilling to consider other people's feelings before you speak, it makes you a shitty person, and I'm fine with you not listening to this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right it's like it's it's such an easy rule to follow and if people are upset with pc culture because you have to consider another person's feelings i'm not on board with that yeah.
0: well yeah. I, I think the problem is is this with with pc culture sometimes it's like i think some people are so are so pc that it's it's like it's like uh like black america I, I think had a lot to do with pc culture but not too much because you know um america's fucked up but, um, <laughs> oh yeah. <we> did. <laughs> We would say certain things like, "Oh, you're saying this because that, oh, that's racist because I'm black." Like we we started that whole thing. You know what I mean? Like like waking people up to like, and they're like, "What? What do you mean that's racist?" I don't. Oh, that's racist. And and we would say why things are things are racist. Like, hey, do you, do you want to get in? Hey, you want to go to for KFC for lunch? Oh, why? Because I'm black. Whatever. And sometimes it wouldn't be because of black, just because KFC is right downstairs at the bottom of your office building, and that's where y'all go sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's like, but when you say that, and then you can have that dialogue about it. I think what what has happened is that like, it's become this thing where it's like, you no, know, if you say anything that might be interpreted as phobic at all, then you are evil. And what happens is you're cutting off all these people who just are, are ignorant. Like you can't blame them for being ignorant. You know what I mean? Like right, if right, right. a baby spills the milk, like, yeah, you can be mad at the baby, but you got to be like, okay, baby, like, you can't spill the milk. You know what I mean? And I know that there's some adults, and there are people like, oh, well, let's not talk to them. I'm like, well, that's what that's what the alt-right is doing. Yeah. I think we have, like, an alt-PC, an alt-left or some shit. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like, like, if <laughs> no, like, if you don't, it, like, it's cr- like, fuck, fuck, that fuck baby. the baby. Yeah, that's how they feel. Fuck that, fuck that little baby. That the baby needs to learn. Ass yeah, dumbass, fucking table Ross ass, fucking diaper wearing baby can't pull up its own fucking pants. Oh, he's looking for some titty, fucking, fucking rapey ass baby. Just like, wasting milk how- left and right. Yeah, re- re- fucking wasting the anti left breast and the anti ultra <laughs> left. And all the- no, you- I understand
2: what you're saying though. I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. That's that is the definite danger of. PC culture is going too far to prevent the conversation from happening. But the, conver- the,
0: the the point should be the conversation. I'm with you there. Exactly. And that's why for me, when I go on stage and even in my, my comedy life and, and, and writing, I try to put, I try to keep, I mostly keep America in mind, but I'm also trying to keep the world in mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like my jokes, uh, uh, my jokes, like, like Nick Baderant, right? He's one of my favorite joke writers. Uh, in New York City or just every He's just fucking great. And he just does just fucking great jokes, right? Mm-hmm. I try to do those great jokes, but I always try to put like a vitamin, a vitamin in it. You know what I mean? Or to 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 tell a joke where it's like, you might not have cared about this at all, but now you know why I care about it. And you kind of care about it because the joke is that good. You know what I mean? Um, and you also have to be aware of people who are super PC, people who are or alt-right in all of it, because these are people I have to deal with. Like, I don't have the luxury of, of, of saying, okay, I don't have to worry about my, my, my race. I don't have the luxury of like, I mean, I could, I can just be like, all right, I'm just gonna do Urban Rooms. I'm just be on Def Jam, and, and that's just what it's gonna be. I could do that, and, and I respect people that do that. That's what they wanna do. But for me, I mean, I, 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 my just philosophy is like, I, I, want, I want everybody, to, I wanna be funny to everybody you know um i don't need everybody to like me i you know if they do that's great but i want everybody to understand me and if they don't that's cool i, I could i could you know if to, like if tommy loren came to a comedy show and didn't laugh at a, a word that i said that doesn't mean i'm not funny it's just that she's not fucking with me
2: so i think we're at the point now where we transition and it's getting to the point now where every show and we do this transition every show that we do this transition and it's a little more awkward than the last but now it's time to talk about the story that you have trouble talking about
0: okay yeah yeah. okay (laughs) no so every every
2: every everybody we have on we try and ask uh in a way that's relevant to their medium and i know i know you've done a lot of writing in the past it sounds like you actually started out writing but i try and ask this one to tailor it to your stand-up comedy life uh because that's what happens to be more relevant to you right now i'm sure yeah you know when we have you back on and we want to blow the podcast up a little more we'll have to talk about the podcast story that you have trouble telling yeah but is there yeah. a joke or like a story that you have trouble telling or you've historically had trouble putting together for your stand up act that you want to talk to us uh, about now
0: yeah i'm so uh, i i told you guys i had I had two of my two of my friends were murdered uh in two thousand and ten uh, my one of my best friend and his fiance um michael machoke and neahawk they uh they were Coming home from their engagement party and were carjacked in front of their house and executed by uh, this like twenty one year old dude and these two teenage girls, right? Um, they caught they caught the guy, caught the girls. everybody's doing time, whatever. But um I've been trying to talk about him on stage, but it's like I can't talk about him on stage without mentioning, that, you know, he was, that he was murdered. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I probably could say that he died or that he passed, but it's like doing that. I feel kind of like downplays it. You know what I mean? Um, there's only been one time I've been able to do it on stage where like it, it hit, um, oh no twice twice actually where I was able to do it I didn't write it I just like kind of went up and the show was called dark spots and it was just like hey you just do your darkest material and I was like okay great so this is gonna go swimmingly right <laughs> um, <laughs> but um and and it's it was kind of in the same vein of like the Mike Brown joke where I talk about I talk about like you know how much he meant to me and then I was like but am I am I am I a scumbag if like uh, it's it's a weird setup. It's like, well basically, like he was my best friend, and as my best friend from high school, not from high school, but from college, we would uh we'd go out and you know, we'd do road trips all the time. You know what I mean? We would just going around getting girls, you know what I mean? We'd get them ladies. That's what we were doing, you know, when he was here, we'd get them ladies. Um, and after he passed away, I was like, I I would honor him by still getting those ladies, you know what I mean? And that's like kind kind of how it helped me, uh, in in a in a weird way, like not be 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 okay. You know, or like, have his memory, whatever. Like, a lot of women were like, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear what happened, whatever." And I'm like, "Yeah, hey, I'm so sad and I'm so lonely." And then, like, I do like a look to the audience, kind of like, ha, ha, ha. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, so it's it's so creepy and whatever. But like, the audience, <laughs> the audience would get it. But it's still like, like I never had a problem with it. Like, and I did it, and it crushed so hard. I was like, "Oh, this is great." And that's something, and that's another thing to what we were talking about earlier in the podcast. Like, I couldn't write that down and then write looks to the audience. I just did it. You know what I mean? I just talked it out, and I did it. And people were laughing. I was like, okay. So the next day, I had to meet up with my therapist, who I, I no longer see. And he's like, I'm telling him. He was like, hey, so how'd that dark spot show go? And I'm telling him about it. And he's like, oh, you did a joke about your friends that were murdered? I'm like, yeah. He was like, are you okay to do that? I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. he was like, oh that just doesn't seem right are you are you okay as a person like it just doesn't seem like the thing you should be doing <laughs> you oh, know man. yeah and it, it got in my mind so much that i just haven't been able to do it again because it's like this guy who is supposed to be on my corner at all the, at all times right mm-hmm. who who i'm paying is like second guessing my comedy <laughs> you know what i mean and i'm like what kind of asshole do people think that I am, <laughs> or am I? Like it's like, I'm paying you to just listen to me and keep me on edge, and then keep, you know, keep me on a path. And you're like, whoa, 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 you did what on stage? Nah, I can't, d- I can't fuck with that, homie. You know what I mean? Like this, <laughs> this motherfucker fell asleep on me during a session. And <laughs> <laughs> Another session to be like, "Yeah, but what you did, I can't believe you did that on stage. Like now I can't believe really you fell asleep. Up, yeah, so it's it it's like it's still been like, all right, how do I do this? cause it's like, and and like me and him got in this whole debate because I'm like, well, listen, I'm I was like, yeah, I'm not all the way okay with it, but one of the ways i I started to be okay with it or or not not okay but to to deal or uh, or like self-medicate was through this, you know. And he's like, well, that does sound very creepy and rapey. And I, I was like, well, I didn't say it wasn't creepy or rape, but I'm just like, this is just what happened. It's funny. It's Jesus. stupid. I'm, t- I'm not doing it now, you know what I mean? And it's like, so it, it, it's the thing of like, the same thing with the Mike Brown joke, where it's like, when yeah. you talk about something that is so, that can be so morbid, you have to figure out a way to, for me, it's like, okay, I bring it to myself because this is who you're watching. You're watching me doing it. And, and the more the more personal I make it, the more unstealable it is, you know what I mean? Um, That's the thing, like,
1: you know, even I kind of, like, and now I feel bad for doing this, but when you told me over email that you wanted to talk about this, I sent you back a message saying, like, hey, are you sure? Um, Yeah. Like, you know, we're kind of conditioned as a society to, like, not talk about stuff like this, and I think that's probably why I love your comedy so much is because you just don't give a shit, or at least you have, like, an approach where you, like, you know, you make it acceptable, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, tr- like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. It's like, it's like, yo, can we, I'm just kind of tired of people like not caring. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't want to give a shit about anything anymore, especially in the arts. Like, it's like, okay. Ham, like I think one of the reasons I don't know why I'm bringing up Hamilton's podcast so much. Like I didn't even see it. I, I, I mean, I don't even know. Not, none know. of us can um, see it. None of We, us we, we, we,
1: we make podcasts.
0: How, yeah, we don't have money to do that. <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact, matter of fact, I made Hamilton a classic because growing up, I used to live across the street from Hamilton's actual house in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> was, so, right. just... so they were like, "Damn, Mike Brown lives close to this man's house." Yeah. Mike let's Brown. Know, let's find out who this is. is. The true yeah. millennial take uh, <laughs> tastemaker. Yeah, it was called, it was called Brownington before, and then they had to switch it up, you know, (laughs) copywriting, you know what I mean? Because your boy's trying to get paid. Um, But it's like, it's like, you gotta, people, I know people like a lot of art that isn't, that that doesn't challenge or isn't like offensive and, and is always positive. And I get that, you know, I'm all about, all about positivity, right? But it's like, we're also doing art and entertainment and especially with comedy it's like well we have to push boundaries like a lot of people say like oh yeah the best oh carlin oh he was he was he was one of the best or you know prior and all this stuff and it's like yeah and they were talking about the issues or shit going on in their lives you know what i mean it's like we we're, we're making everyone's making like water cooler jokes which is fine but it's like at the top level we can't make water cooler jokes man you know what I mean? It's like, because that's the difference between me being on stage and me being at the water cooler. If we all can make these same jokes, then what are we doing?
1: You are going to be like, I mean, you are an amazing talent. And you're going to be enormous one day. So where can our listeners find you to help make that happen?
0: Oh man. So this is what you want to do. If you want to be a part of the Mike Brown movement, This is what you do. You follow <laughs> me <laughs> on all your social media at yo Mike Brown, which I think is the most important thing. Um, you Mike Brown on everything. Uh, I have a podcast called Comedy Outliers with my buddy uh, Brandon Collins, and basically, it's we we do uh, like you know how you guys talk about like writing. Um, on our podcast, we talk to people in the uh, comedy community. Um, it, it goes from podcasters like we've had we've had Corinne, who I've mentioned a bunch of times here. We've had uh, Kid Fury, who I mentioned a bunch of times on, on a podcast. Um, you know, people who've been on SNL, uh, the the up and coming people people who've done like production on shows like it's just a real fun podcast and we talk mostly about comedy um or we just have great conversations with uh comedians um it's it's really good i can't even explain it enough but i deal with brandon collins you can check that out come to the shows at comedy outliers dot com. just follow me at yo mike brown on everything and check out the podcast comedy outliers uh i appreciate you guys for having me i'm glad that we were able to make this happen you know what i mean
2: thanks so much for doing the show we appreciate it
0: yeah this was this was great
1: hey thanks everybody for listening to this episode of writers who don't write it is our birthday episode so for a gift please get us a review on itunes uh we would really appreciate it um, um, we want
2: instead you just wanted to follow me on Twitter, I'd take that too because it was also my birthday. And you know what? After this year, we've all earned it.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's at Kyle Craner, And I'm at Jeff Bumbrough if you want to you know, throw in another follow. Uh, you can find and support the show at www.podcast.com. Uh, we have a newsletter. We have an Instagram account, which is lit. You should check that out. Uh, I've been putting a ton of effort into posting like cool photos, which Kyle makes fun of me for. Uh, we have like other great podcast shout outs. We talk about new information from our show and we tell you a bunch of books that we're reading and we love. So check that out. That is www.dwpod on Instagram. Um, we want to thank Mike Brown. Check him out on tour at slash tour doing 20 uh shows in 30 days all through the month of april um and he is killing it you can also follow him online on any social media at yo mike brown let him know if you're coming to the show i'm sure he'd like to give you a high five or something uh we want to thank my lip box the best place to get a uh written by an author of color delivered to your home once a month it's pretty cheap and it could be even cheaper if you use code wwdw upon checkout for 10 percent off your first box uh last but not least we want to thank ryan dan of holland patent public library who has an amazing album at soundcloud.com hp public library he did the music that you hear in the intro and the outro of of this episode and every other episode and we want to thank bensound.com who did the music in that little ad interstitial so we'll see you in two weeks for louise o'neill uh, she is a great irish young adult author who we brought on the show because we love her book asking for it uh, and we want to say happy birthday to us specifically to kyle who had his big day last week uh, he is old
2: but anyways we'll see you in two weeks